This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast. Your daily Auburn Tigers podcast presented by our friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. Michael, have you ever just been sitting on your couch and you're like, never, not once? I don't believe you. I don't believe you at all. Yeah, it's an awesome couch. Reclines and everything. Yeah, all I do is sit on my couch. (laughs) And sometimes you don't want to get off of it. Never. And you don't have to with our friends at Fetch Me. Use the free uh, Fetch Me app, fetchmedelivery.com. Use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. And I, I was talking with a coworker earlier this morning, and Fetch Me hooks up local businesses a lot. When you know some businesses cater in food all the time, and it, it's cheaper to use Fetch Me than a lot of places that have their own in-house delivery service. They they do all of that for you as well. So. Uh, and it's kind of the same folks do it every day, and just talking to talking to folks close to that situation, they know it's uh, Fetch Me is an, an awesome service and, and an awesome product that they uh, they provide. So once again, Fetch Me, the free app, or FetchMeDelivery.com promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. It also helps out the show when you use that code. So thank you so much. We've been talking on the podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby. You're Michael Pappas. Zach. Yes. I have a funny story regarding my couch. I think you'll enjoy it. Okay. So if you want a little peek into my brain and into my life and my couch, I love my couch. Most comfortable thing in the world. My favorite thing that I own. One time, I uh, did laundry, sheets on my bed, right, like a normal person does. And I I had yet to put them back on the bed. And so for like three days, I slept on my couch. And then because it's so comfortable that I was like fine with that. Mm-hmm. And then one of my friends was like, why didn't you just sleep on the bed without sheets? And uh, it legitimately had not occurred to me that that was something that I could do. Sure. Like I did like that the bed functioned without sheets on it. Mm-hmm. Still as a bed. I slept on my couch all the time before I got married, but I can't do it anymore. So. Oh, well, enjoy while you can, brother. <laughs> enjoy while you can. We've been talking a lot this week about the running back situation we put out. The request for calls from you guys to give us your opinions, and they're kind of trickling in. Not as quick as I thought, I'm going to be honest with you, but Van called us um, either last night or this morning. I got it when I checked it just a second ago, but give us a call at 205-502-4285. Van from Georgia is going to get us started off. Uh, here's, uh, here's what he had to say. Hey, this is Van from Walker County. Uh, I was calling to talk about the running back situation. I think with Chad Morris coming in, I think that Gus trusts him a lot more than any other OC that he's had before going back with their history. And I believe that Harold Joyner is the next rocking Boyd in the SEC. Uh, a lot more touches through, you know, wheel routes and, and motioning out of the backfield to run routes. Uh, he may not get as many touches as far as handoffs, but I think you'll see seven, eight, nine touches a game out of Harold Joyner off of passes and screens and stuff like that. And what y'all were saying a few weeks ago about Booby Whitlow, might as well transfer it out. I think that's probably going to be accurate because the bulk of your touches is probably going to go to the young guys, an equal split between Tank, DJ, and depending on what Mark Anthony Richards can bring to the table. So, uh but yeah, that's my take. I think that Harold Joyner is going to be a stud in this new, uh, more pass-happy offense than Chad Morris. Just kind of gauging Auburn Twitter and some Facebook groups I'm a part of and kind of monitor in the message boards. 
I said that um, you know last year and the year before, all the hype was on Booby. This year, I thought I was going to be on DJ. Now, so far, it's been on Harold Joyner. Fascinating. It is fascinating to me. Maybe he's right. I, I think when you look at Harold Joyner's physique, his body type, and you take into account how athletic he is, that part makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm there, listening to the call. I'm like, I hope you're right. I hope he's super active in the passing game. Mm-hmm. I hope that he's getting the ball in space a whole bunch. That'd be awesome. Would he have played more last year if that was the case? <laughs> because they had to play they had to play DJ. I mean, every running back was hurt at some point last year, it seems yeah. like. So like he would have had opportunities to get some serious touches. And the only time he got legit running back touches was when they were up by a lot. And he was kind of, you know, a gadget guy, which personally, that's kind of my belief, what I think his role is at Auburn until maybe he grad transfers out or something. But if he if he becomes the Rakeem Boyd, which Chad Morris was very good at using him at Arkansas, I think you were a pretty big fan of him, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the big thing that I've heard about Joyner time and time and time again during his recruitment and even during you know his his first full year at Auburn was he lacks that physicality. And if you're going to play running back in the SEC, especially if you're going to be the guy at running back in the SEC, you can't have those concerns. Now, can he learn? Can he get past that? Yeah, absolutely. But more times than not, you don't see people do that. If that is kind of what you're labeled as you don't like contact – it's tough to overcome that, but I'm sure it has happened. Yeah, it's a lot easier to overcome that at receiver um, sure. because, you know, you spend less time having to hit holes in the trenches and stuff. Uh, the other thing about this call that, that's been kind of interesting to me really through the last, you know, since the offseason has hit is people seem very convinced that Tank Bigsby is going to just, like, show up and play. You know, it's so and, funny. And, when we did uh, the show two days ago on running backs – I had, it had not occurred to me once that he could possibly get redshirted until you and Painter were like, oh, yeah, that could happen. I'm like, what? But I guess you're right. It could happen. And I get it. You know, he's the highest recruited running back since Rock Thomas. He's, um, you know, the new shiny object and everything. But, you know, he's last in line. And I know that sounds bad. But, like, he, he's the true freshman who's coming in. He has the least amount of experience in the system. He's going to be the guy the quarterbacks – or not the quarterbacks. He's going to be the guy the coaching staff knows the least. and He's probably, so good, though. I, I he's understand. He's so good. <laughs> I, I get that, but he's so good according to his high school tape. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of guys who've had incredible high school tape and just weren't really that good when they got to college. Now, I'm not saying that's Tank Bigsby, and I'm not here to dump on everyone's dreams for Tank Bigsby or anything. I just, you have Tank Bigsby, who's never played a down. But his name is Tank. I know. And then, What else do you want? And then you have <laughs> Mark Anthony Richards, who's never played a down. Right. But has been in the system for a year. Presumably has been in the weight room as much as possible for a year. Barring what he, you know, his, his injury and all and that. Everything. Yeah. You know, and you, and you've got like just between those two guys, I, I feel like it's more likely that Tank will redshirt and Mark Anthony Richards will play just so they're not on year. 
If your company is interested in advertising and marketing to men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Auburn is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want to advertise to male listeners between 18 and 44, this is your chance. Plus, our rates are pretty reasonable. Email me at LockedOnAuburn at gmail.com to get more information. I look forward to hearing from you. I think they're going to use them like they did Rock Thomas and Carry On as freshmen. Not the guy, but importing guys. And as, as the season evolves and they get better, maybe they could take over. That's, that's kind of what I'm expecting. Because if he's as good as everybody thinks he is, and I'm kind of in this boat, he's gone after three years anyway. And so him leaving as a true junior after his true junior season or after his retro sophomore season, the only difference is you didn't use him one of those years. And so my thing is, and Auburn's going to be able to recruit these running backs, I think, especially with Cadillac being the guy there, I think you're going to be able to reload at running back. So I just don't see the argument of redshirting him. I think that is handcuffing yourself for no reason. Uh, the only reason would be you're comfortable with the guys ahead of them, or you think that they're better at this point, right? Do you are you sold though that any of the three guys in front of them? Let's assume that the order is, uh, I think it's DJ Booby, Mark Antony, and Tank. I think that's the order right now. But let's assume the three in front of them are in any order. Doesn't matter. Do you think any of those three guys can be elite talents? Because outside of DJ, I'm not buying it. And we don't know about Mark Antony. We don't know. But so you there, have a, hold on. But there's, there's this assumption, and, and people tweeted the show um, since listening to our running back preview episode two days ago. If you missed it, I, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. But there's this assumption, like if you have a bunch of guys that are slightly above average or a bunch of a- above average guys, it makes your running game great. And that's not what happens. That's not, that's not going to be the case. I don't think. And then you look at Tank, who I think can be great. You put him on the field and let him go. So there's only one ball. There's only one running back playing most of the time. Sometimes they'll have a guy in the slot, you know, the two-back sweep type thing. But most of the time, there's only one guy on the field. And just always having an above-average guy there when you could have a great guy there, or potentially a great guy there in Tank's case, I like that more. I like the upside of it more. Now, Morris and Malzahn know so much more than me, but that's just kind of my view on it, because the opinion of it is, is, oh, Auburn has way too many solid running backs. None of them are great, but they have a bunch of solid running backs. So the running game is going to be better no matter what. I don't think that is a reasonable argument. I agree with that part of what you're saying. The part I don't necessarily agree with is that if you think that any of the three guys that you named that are presumably above tank on the depth chart Booby, DJ, Mark Anthony. If you think any of those guys are better than Tank Bigsby right now, I don't see why you would not put them in the game more than you would Tank. And I understand the potential and everything. I, I get that, and I'm not saying that you would like never play him, but you would give the, the primary touches to the guys you think give you the best chance of winning that game right then. Mm-hmm. And I know that part of what these coaches do has to be thinking about the future, but I mean, it seems like Gus Malzahn is sitting on the hot seat every year. He has to treat this as a one-year contract every year. Yeah, And so... like. I agree. Tank Bigsby's high school tape is incredible. His 
I mean, he, he, he was recruited the way he was for a reason. I mean, he, he should be an a elite running back in this league. I'm with you. I don't think it's going to be as a freshman. Rarely ever do we see true freshman running backs come in and light the world on fire. Yeah. Uh, it, it just doesn't really happen, in, especially in the SEC. And I'm not saying that it's going to. Like, Carry On and Rock did not light the SEC on fire. But, I, but they, were, they were key guys, and I think he's going to be a key guy in the offense. And that's certainly possible. I, I, I'm very interested to see moving forward how they do it, because it does seem like they kind of have uh, multiple guys in the running back room that do the same thing. Right, I agree with that. Even if they're not the same running style. If that like like Booby Whitlow and DJ Williams are both primarily first and second down backs. Okay. I mean Booby Whitlow has gotten better at pass protection. I he think still Booby's can't a, really I, catch. I, see, but, I I think Booby's a third down back and that's it. So that's interesting. Okay. I, I don't think he ca- can catch the ball well enough to be considered a third down back. Yeah. But he has gotten better in pass protection. And then... I, and I think that's more it. I think it's more the pass protection side of it than, than anything else. And then you've got you know Harold Joyner, who does his thing. Malik Miller, who does his thing. Um, Sean Chivers, who does his thing. And then Mark Anthony Richards and Tank Bigsby, who are these big, just kind of unknowns right now. You know what their high school tape is. You know what they did well in high school. But, I mean... Uh, again, until they get on the field in the SEC and they get hit in the mouth, you don't know really what you've got or or what they're going to be great at. I had a buddy call me after he listened to the running back episode two days ago. I was like, dude, just follow me here. What if Malik Miller gets a starting job? I love Malik Miller, but he's good at two things. I mean, he's this year's Cam Martin, right? He's good at pass protection and just running the ball, big. running the ball from the half yard line to the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> but they should put him at H back. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> I, I don't. I disagree. I don't know if he can run block. <laughs> um. I don't know. Auburn definitely likes the more athletic H-back. So, I mean, we'll see. You we'll think see. he's less athletic than Spencer Nye? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, as far as being able to move and like get to the outside of somebody, I think so. Yeah. The, I, I have no opinion on that. But The okay. Swiss Army Nye? Yeah. There's a picture of uh, you and the Swiss Army Nye in my office. I know. It was a great picture. Great day. <laughs> You gave it to me, and I was like, uh, "Who's this? I don't know who this is. Who are you with?" And I was like, "Dude, it's Spencer Die." And I'm like, "Oh, you know what we haven't done yet? What have we not done? The Lopas. Oh God! Which now is perfect timing because we're in the middle of um, you know, all of the you know the 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 award season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm." We're letting people down, man. Man, we're going to have to have a meeting about that soon. Yeah. Have a production meeting or something. All right. You know, I'm really tired of talking about Auburn basketball versus Kentucky, but should we do it? Should we talk about it? Yeah, Kentucky played last night. All right. Did you watch it? I did. The second half. I didn't watch any of it. That's not surprising. They were playing Vanderbilt. Okay. I assume they won. Vanderbilt was up by seven at halftime. That's interesting. Kentucky won by like 11. 
So what's going to happen if Auburn starts uh, the first half shooting 30% at halftime? They'll lose. Yeah. I mean, I'm really worried about that. The story of this Kentucky team this year is Nick Richards, um, which actually I think bodes pretty well for Auburn because he's not a three-point shooter, and but he's a big man. Mm-hmm. And this season against just like regular kind of inside big men who can jump shoot a little bit but not from the three-point line, Auburn's interior defense has actually been quite good. Uh, I'm not super worried about the Auburn guards keeping up with the super quick Kentucky guards because Auburn's guards are super quick also. Yeah. Um, Emmanuel Quickly and Tyrese oh, Tyrese Maxey is a real deal, dude. He yeah, made some I've watched him a little bit. He can ball. shots yeah. last night. Uh, but, I mean, Nick Richards is it for this. T- uh, like, they go as Nick Richards goes mm-hmm. um, against – Texas Tech, he had like 25 and 10. He had another double-double last night against Vanderbilt. So that's going to be the key. Macklemore and Wiley. I got a hot take. Is it actually a hot take or is it going to be? I think, a- I think, this, I think Samir Dowdy bounces back Saturday. Okay. That's, that's my prediction. It's not a hot take. I thought your hot take was going to be if Auburn doesn't score, they're not going to win. I do agree with that. I do yeah. agree with that. I mean, it was going to be true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just wasn't going to be a scalding take. I think Samir leads Auburn on Saturday 25 points, and I'm going to say it's like an efficient 25 points. Like he shoots it like 14 times for 25 points. I think that it's more likely that Okoro goes for 25 points because I think Samir is going to have to work his tail off on the defensive end, guarding either quickly or maxi, whichever one they line him up against. Okay. I'm cool with that. They just haven't played a team that's as or more talented than them. Maybe Florida. Maybe. But I think they're more talented than Florida. Florida's just a better basketball team. And it was in Gainesville. I think Florida's more talented. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to argue I, with I don't. I mean, just Kerry Blackshear is so good. And Andrew Nemhart is really good. And then they've got two guys. Um, they're in the same tier then. That, that, that's okay, kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. And like Kentucky may be a tier above them as far as talent goes. That, that's all I was trying to say. So... I'm looking forward to seeing how Bruce Pearl gets his team prepared. I'm glad they had an extra day as far as playing on Tuesday instead of Wednesday. I think Kentucky's got to travel. That stuff matters. That stuff's important, especially in conference play. And I think, uh, I don't know, there's a really good feeling around town about how this game's going to go on Saturday. Auburn's going to win. The arena's going to feel like it's ready to pop at any moment. If Auburn can hit a three and get a dunk early, it's like the crowded Auburn Arena is going to be insane from 7 a.m. until they kick everyone out after college game day and then bring everyone back in. If you're in the area, doors open for college game day at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. The show doesn't start till 8 or 9. Right. And if you come for college game day, you get a wristband. Okay. I guess this might only be for students. I'm not sure. You get a wristband, and then you get to, if you have a wristband, you get let back into the stadium like 30 minutes or an hour before everyone else. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a culture builder. Like, this could be a culture-altering win Do on Saturday. Do you think we get media passes for game day? Yeah, I got the email yesterday for it. Really? Yeah, I'll forward it to you if you want to go. Oh, I, I kind of do. Yeah, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Yeah, maybe we can do that. I hope it's not too late. I should have sent you that yesterday. My bad. 
Where can people find you and hear you? Follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato and uh, tune in to Free Money Friday every day at 3 p.m. on ESPN 106.7's Twitter account. I am on Twitter at Z Blackerby. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.